And we are recording with Mr. John Cullen for your second appearance on Wednesday, July 26, 2023 at 4.06 p.m. Eastern Time. Guys, if you go into the description, it should be everything. It should be your Twitter. should be, let me check, let me pull it up right now. Should be your Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, all that good stuff. Um, and so last, uh, people, I like, I, I can always tell if it's a, if it's a better show than normal when I get individual people texting me and being like, do real badass show. And that's kind of for me is like a barometer for that. And I, I had a lot of individual comments about the kind of mind melting concept of, of it, P and I being, uh, sort of laundered through COVID. And it, it's certainly one of the more interesting episodes we've done to date. So, um, with that, Mr. Cullen, could you take away, take the show away in really whatever direction you want? Thanks for having me back on the show. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, I think the feedback, I was looking at some of the comments. I think there's, you know, usually there's one or two hecklers in the, in the audience. Oh, but for the most part, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, but I think for the most part, the comments were pretty positive. So for the people who didn't get to see that last show that we did, I don't remember, uh, when was it in April, I guess? Probably like eight or ten weeks ago, right? Probably. Was it back in April? Let me pull it up. Something like that. Something like that. So uh, for those of you who didn't get a chance to see that. Um, June 1st. Re- June oh, 1st. Okay. Wow. So that, John, uh, yeah. so June. 1282. All of June. How about oh, like seven oh, weeks? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so seven weeks or so. So for those of you who didn't get to see that and are wondering why is this guy in a hat and glasses and what's that all about? <laughs> Um, it, it's kind of, it has a lot to do with some of the testimony that you guys are seeing going on in Congress right now. You heard from this FBI agent, O'Boyle. Uh, you heard from this guy, uh, Grutch or Gersh today. Uh, he's worried about his safety. And the O'Boyle guy said, you know, they, they will ruin your life if you come forward with this kind of stuff. And so um, about five years ago, five and a half years ago, I published uh, a thesis about the Las Vegas shooting that today seems to be what happened. And it named names. And the people that I named are very powerful people uh, that have the ability to hire companies to have me eliminated. And so that's why I try to make it a little harder for me to be recognized in public. Hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you remember what happened to uh, Salman Rushdie. Salman Rushdie, the uh, the author who wrote, uh, um, uh, what's it called, the Satanic Verses. And uh, they had issued a fatwa on him. And recently somebody caught up with him and stabbed him in the eye. And he lost his eye. So, uh, and I think it's Padma Lakshmi's husband, actually. Padma Lakshmi from the cooking show. She's like a model and everything. And she does all this cooking stuff with the kitchens. And her husband, I believe, is Salman Rushdie. Or maybe at one point it was. And he got stabbed in the eye. So I'm trying to avoid that. So Fair enough. That's why I'm incognito, yeah. So having named names about the Las Vegas shooting. So uh, last time we were together... We talked about how it appeared that there might have been two pandemics happening at the same time and that uh, the COVID, SARS-CoV-2 thing, 
<clears throat> potentially, this is all hypothetical, right? I don't know. And I'm not giving any medical advice or anything like that. I just look at data and I'm attempting to interpret the data that I was seeing from the CDC and the WHO. And sort of the strange thing that we talked about last time, the, the w thing that we saw was that <clears throat> influenza disappeared from 100 countries in 28 days. Like, how, how do you do that? How did you pull that off? That's some stunt, given that all the attention was on another virus. And <clears throat> as we looked closer and closer and closer, it just got super suspicious. It's like all the data you looked at, it's like nothing added up. It's like, well, wait a second, but influenza was the number one comorbidity of COVID. It's like, so well, how, how did it disappear if it's the number one comorbidity? So there were all these inconsistencies back and forth. And that's what we talked about last time we were together. And uh, actually, in the last 24 hours or so, <clears throat> I kind of stumbled into some new data that I can break here on your show with your audience, if you want. That's Let's kind go. of pretty damning and pretty telling. So uh, I, I did an interview just a couple of days ago over the weekend with uh, Dr. Paul Cottrell. Okay. And uh, he's a pretty you know, well-educated guy who's now uh, going through uh, pre-med or, you know, med school, going through med school right now. And we were looking at some of the data together, and he called my attention to a phenomenon that uh, really, you know, got me to perk up a little bit. I'm looking like, whoa, 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 this is interesting. And then I kind of dug further to see... Are there any more bones here? And look, and what way do you guys see what we found? So this is pretty remarkable. And I can share this with the audience right now if you want. Let's do it. Can I share my screen and you can yep. do all that stuff with yeah, this? I just, yeah, yeah I, just okay. turned, I just turned it on. All right, so I'm going to share my screen with the audience here. Let's see what it, uh, you guys can see this stuff. Perfect. All right. Does that still work or no? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, again, for those of you who didn't see the last interview that we did together, back in the 1980s, I was working at Oracle, and I helped build this mapping system, which is called ESRI's Arc Info. That's what it's called. And the system was being used by Johns Hopkins to map the pandemic hey, to, in, to interrupt um, um is there any way you can expand it a little more i can see it fine <laughs> but i it's not taking up the whole screen i just i don't know if that's a problem for people watching or if not it's not a problem at all it's probably just my OCD. let's see let's see uh, uh if i can make it a whole lot bigger um i'm going full screen at my end, right, so it's don't... probably just the, the resolution yeah, no it might it might just be how obs so. is showing it to me sorry i'll i'll shut up yeah, this way. All right, so the, so the gist of it is, you guys may have seen this map on TV or stuff like that on CNN, and this is the map from the Johns Hopkins School of Public Health, and they consider this a uh, you know a definitive source, an authoritative source, if you will. Johns Hopkins School of Public Health, and I, as the guy who led the team that built the software, I took one look at the map. And said, who the hell built this? 
this is a mess. This is wrong. Who did this? This is this is a disaster. And that was my, you know, that, that, that's my initial impression, like in one second, was who did this? It's not supposed to be all red. That's, you know, what, what's that telling you? Where's the yellow? Where's the green? Nobody's green. None of the countries were okay. This was an image I took March 13th, 2020, the day that the president declared a national emergency. On that day, there were not a hundred people dead in the United States. Mm. And there weren't 10 dead in Hong Kong. There weren't 10 dead in Shanghai. And there weren't 10 dead in Beijing. The only city in China that had over 50 people dead was Wuhan. And there was nobody dead in Vietnam. Nobody dead in Laos, you know, in the neighboring countries in the vicinity. And that's what got my attention. I said, well, wait a second. If there's nobody dead in Vietnam and Laos, and there's not 10 dead <clears throat> in Hong Kong, and there's not 10 dead in Shanghai, and there's not 10 dead in Beijing, what the hell is this? Why is it all red? What do you guys Are you trying to scare everybody? And that's how I got involved in this. So that's what that represented to me. Now, what I wanted to share with the audience, and this is kind of the big break that I just discovered. I haven't published anything about this, so your audience is hearing this for the first time. Dr. Paul Cottrell and I started to look at, well, what was happening right before the COVID outbreak? Right before COVID hit and the news cycle and everything was, ah, Wuhan, Wuhan, Wuhan. <clears throat> what was happening? Was there anything going on immediately before COVID that might also have been respiratory infection related? You know, just to have kind of like a something to compare to, right? Mm. Right? So we take a look at this chart, which is showing us a time period from May 2019 to January 7th of 2020 in China. And what this is showing is influenza specimens. So if these are influenza specimens in China heading into January 2020, you don't have to be an epidemiologist, Tommy, to look at this and say, mm, kind of looks like an influenza outbreak to me, right? I mean, do I need a degree in virology in order to look at a chart of influenza specimens in China and see this big thing up on the right-hand side that says December 2019, January 2020, and it looks like you got an influenza outbreak. Do I need to be Marion Koopmans to declare that? Or can anybody kind of figure that out looking at this? I think anybody can. So Dr. Paul Cottrell and I are looking at this and going, so wait a second. There's this massive influenza outbreak in China, and there's not 10 dead from COVID in Shanghai, Beijing, Hong Kong. Wuhan is the only city with more than 50 people dead. That's weird. So then what I did earlier today, as I said, let's use the same time frame that you see in front of you right now. What was happening around the world? 
This is China that I'm sharing with you right now. This is Lithuania. Lithuania was having an influenza uptick of all places. This is Mexico. This is, look what's happening. in That's December 2019, January 2020 on the right. So right before all the COVID hysteria, it sure looks like there was a pretty big outbreak of influenza in Mexico. Let's go to the next country. Israel. Even in Israel, they didn't have any influenza. Look, June 2019 on the left, May 2019 all the way to the left, nothing. And then they get to December 2019, January 2020, there's a pretty big influenza outbreak in Israel. This is the United Kingdom, England. And it looks like England kind of fumbled a little bit and dropped some meat in the kitchen, if you know what I mean. Hmm. Uh, you, you guys weren't supposed to stop reporting so early, <laughs> uh, so, right? And then they turned it back on and they said, okay, well, okay, we thought it was, okay. All right, so they screwed up, turned the reporting off, turned the reporting back on. But clearly something was going on in England, right? Yeah. Now this is Wales. So you see the difference how England yeah. did this and yeah. Wales did this, right? So that's Wales. This is Scotland. So Scotland and Wales, they don't get the memo. England jumps the gun, right? England stops reporting way too soon and then turns it right back on, right? But here's Wales. Wales is having an outbreak. Scotland is having an outbreak. Holy mackerel, what is going on here? What's this? Poland. Poland is having an outbreak. Denmark? They're having an influenza outbreak in Denmark? In December into January 2020? Wow. This is the Netherlands. This is where Erasmus is. This is where they make this stuff. This is where Ron Fouchier and Marion Koopmans are doing all their magical CGG, CGG, and Cleavage site special sauce. In the Netherlands, looks like they were having a massive influenza outbreak in December 2019, January, heading into the COVID hysteria. Whoa, this is Switzerland. This looks like uh, Zermatt. Hmm. This is steeper than the mountains. You couldn't ski that. <laughs> this is crazy. Look at that, man. This is, yeah. this is crazy. This is an unbelievable influenza outbreak in Switzerland. This is steeper than uh, Mont Blanc. <laughs> Holy moly. Belgium. They have an outbreak in Belgium. It's not so big. They're busy making chocolate. I understand and I appreciate that. <laughs> this is Germany. Germany starts to show signs of an outbreak. This is Italy. Italy has 3 million cases of influenza going into january 2020 three million cases and i'm looking at this like you've got three million cases of influenza and then a couple thousand people die of covid are you sure are you certain where'd you get the pcr test from who made the pcr test you had pcr tests in january in february who made those where'd you get those pcr tests from because you know that we didn't give the eua to biofire for our PCR tests until May. Meaning, if we didn't have a PCR test until May, how do we know all those people who died in March and April were really dying of COVID? We didn't have a PCR test.
the tests that we had from the CDC were contaminated and had to be destroyed. And the EUA for BioFire doesn't come out until May. So how do we know all those people that died in March and April were COVID deaths? It was presumed COVID. Mm. Presumed. This is Portugal. Do you think Portugal is lying? You think Portugal's lying? I don't think Portugal's lying at all. Why would Portugal tell us that they were having an influenza outbreak if they weren't? Why would that happen? Who's this? Spain. España. Are they lying? This didn't happen in Spain, and but they thought that this would just be fun to make it look like it. These countries aren't lying, Tommy. This is the who. The who is showing us there was a massive influenza outbreak going on around the world. And then Clark Kent turned into Superman, and I can't find Clark Kent. It's kind of weird. It's like as soon as this Superman dude shows up, nobody can find Clark Kent. It's really weird. Here I combined England, Northern Ireland, Scotland, and Wales together. And even with England, with that cutout that we saw before, you still, which is, you know, skewing the data down in the middle there, you still can see what was happening in the United Kingdom. You still can see what was happening there. This is Ireland. So, again, you know, there's a couple week difference here, you know, a little shift left or right based on where the peak is, but you're going to have that. All these countries aren't going to peak at exactly the same time. Mm. This is Norway. Look at this, man. 500, 600 people a week in Norway? This is stunning data. This is telling us there was an influenza pandemic. Multiple countries, Tommy, is a pandemic. Epidemic is Texas. Right. If, if you get we have an outbreak in mm -hmm. Dallas, right, that, that's an epidemic. This is a pandemic. This is multiple countries that we're looking at where we're seeing an outbreak of influenza. This is Sweden. This is Norway. Look at this. I'm not hallucinating. You see this, right? I see it. You, you see the steepness of what's happening on the right side, December, January 2020. Hundreds of people are testing positive for influenza. Sweden, Norway, United States of America. Look at the numbers, man. 15,000? 15,000 people a week are testing positive in December 2019 going into January? That's uh, pretty damning evidence here. This is Canada. Canada, 2,000 people a week, 3,000 people a week. Whoa, big numbers. Hong Kong. We see the outbreak in Hong Kong. There weren't 10 people dead from COVID in Hong Kong. But we got hundreds of people testing positive for influenza. That's weird. Now, what was happening before that? So we just looked at all these countries where you've got, um, you know, these outbreaks happening in the December 2019, January 2020 timeframe. And the next question, of course, is well, what happens, what, or what happened before that? 
In other words, where did that come from? So the, this outbreak that we just saw a second ago here, let me take you back there. So this outbreak, I gotta share my screen again, bear with me. All right, so this outbreak that you see here, where did this come from? Okay, we just looked at all these countries, right? This is Norway, this is Sweden, this is United States. Where did it come from? Canada, we looked at Mexico. Well, where it came from, most likely, is somewhere in the southern hemisphere. This is Chile. So Chile has their outbreak in the southern hemisphere in the summer of 2019. So this is June 2019. You see it peaking on the left side. So you see this influenza outbreak in June 2019 in Chile. You see it in Argentina. Massive outbreak in Argentina. And you see it in Australia. So that means in June, July, August of 2019, Australia, Argentina, Chile, South Africa, right, there's a whole bunch of countries uh, in the Southern Hemisphere start experiencing this outbreak. And they send athletes to the Wuhan games. So Australia sends a team of athletes, Argentina sends a team, Chile sends a team. They all go to the Wuhan games. Now, all these other countries also attend the Wuhan Games. And they send their soldiers back. Now, we know from a document that Ezra Levant's team at Rebel News got, we know that the Canadian team returned from Wuhan so sick they had to be quarantined. And the Surgeon General wrote, wrote it up. <clears throat> it was that big a thing. So to me, uh, that's further confirmation that maybe the Wuhan military games were a super spreader event. <clears throat> that this influenza outbreak actually started in Australia, the Southern Hemisphere. You know, we see it in Argentina, we see it in Chile, we see it in South Africa. And then we just looked at all these countries in Western Europe showing this outbreak in December 2019, January 2020. I think that's rather compelling evidence that I don't know that anybody has reported that before. Have you seen that before? I have not. What do you think? Curious what the audience thinks. You have a little chat I'll thing up, up there in your... I'll, I'll pull up, I'll see, pull see, up the see, chat. See what, they, see what they're saying. See what people think of this data. Chats hit or miss. Some people have really great responses. Other people are just unhinged and screaming at me. That's all right. Oh, it says Rumble unavailable. That's weird. Oh. Huh. That's what happens. You bring on John Cullen and all of Rumble goes down. There you go. Let's see. Live. Yeah, I'm getting 500 service unavailable. Bad gateway. Ooh. Which, which isn't that unheard of for Rumble. All right. 
<clears throat> but we're we're broadcasting somehow. Somehow. No, it's right? it's streaming. It's streaming. The stream's coming through. I just can't okay. for whatever reason. I can't access the chat. So we'll have to. I'll I'll try again okay. later. Okay. All right. So the gist of it here is we're looking at the WHO. We're looking at reporting on influenza specimens <laughs> in the period of time, just as COVID is kind of ramping up. And it's sort of like. Uh, boy, is this the switcheroo, or you know, what are we looking at here? Yeah. And and if this influenza thing was going up, 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 up to the right, how did we just stop paying attention to it? And as we talked about the last time we were together, then it just disappears. It just disappears. That's the Clark Kent Superman thing, right? That's what we talked about the last time we were together. I showed, I think, I showed everybody that country after country after country. Influenza disappeared in weeks 11 through 14. That's kind of weird, given that we just saw that there was an outbreak just you know, a few weeks earlier. Yeah. So this kind of feeds into this hypothesis that the SARS-CoV-2 virus was really covering up this outbreak that I just showed you guys. Which and then is- that begs the question. Yeah, begs the question, why would you do that? Why would you need to cover up an influenza outbreak? Yeah, which goes back uh, to our first episode of that was the original lab leak. Exactly. Or was it a leak? Or, or was it know, a leak? Dr. Or Fauci... Was, yeah, are they releasing it? Are they trying to cull the population? Because Kurzweil, Kurzweil said it, it could kill, what, 10 million people, 12 million people. I don't, you know, the, the whole dialogue about... Um, curbing the population all that kind of stuff um the population's still going up we're now yeah. over eight eight billion people yeah and so you know i know about the georgia guide stones yeah, yeah, all. i yeah. know about yeah no. yeah so like i know about all that stuff but the the, the net of it is 10 million people losing, is not that much right compared to eight <laughs> not to billion? sound like dr strange love but like that's kind it, of it, that's exact it, it's exactly what you right. know People say that World War Three is to call the population. Hey, man, World War Two yeah. is eighty-five million dead out of two billion. Even World War Two wasn't that big of a death. So, I mean, correct. It, it does and it doesn't. Seven fit. million is a lot of deaths, but out of eight billion people, it's a yes. rounding error. Yeah. And now we're at eight billion fifty million already. You know, so yeah. we're already it's it's going up every day. So and, unless they're just trying know, to hit, God. unless they're trying to just hit maintenance now. And keep it at eight billion. That that could maybe be a, a plausibility. I just thought of that now. Uh, again, I think that the yeah. motivation behind releasing the virus had more to do with what Hillary did. I, I shared that with yeah, you guys yeah. last time, right? Yeah. Hillary. Yeah. So Hillary said, "Let's vote by mail." Yeah. And when Hillary said, "Let's vote by mail," it was. Um, March, what was it, eighteenth, and there weren't two hundred people dead in America. Yeah, she, she kind of like, kind of like uh, the the jump the gun. Yeah, she hit the gun the, a little. She bit. hit the switch too early. She she turned off the influenza too quick. It's like vote by mail. We're not at two hundred dead yet. Yeah, and you're worried about voting in November, and it's March. We haven't gotten to spring. Yeah. The flowers haven't come up yet. We haven't had summer. Nobody's been to the beach. And we don't vote until November. Yeah. And you're worried about that? You know, you're worried about voting in November in March? So it's they're not it's not population. It's a it's a power grab. It's just it's a it's what it is, is it's just a new form of weaponry. 
they couldn't have Trump win yeah. a second term. Yeah. George Soros says in one of his speeches, which I featured in some of my videos, um, that we're going to get him out yeah. by 2020. Yeah. He'll be out by 2020. And then Fauci at Georgetown says the incoming administration is going to experience a surprise outbreak. There's no question there's going to be a surprise outbreak. Mm. So they tend to tip their hand. And when Dr. Fauci says there's going to be a surprise outbreak in January of 2017, and George Soros says we're going to get rid of Trump in 2020, come hell or high water, basically, I'm paraphrasing, um, sort of a tip of the hand. And then Hillary comes along when there's less than 200 people dead and says we really should vote by mail come November. What the hell are you talking There's nobody dead in not 10 dead in Hong Kong. There's not 10 dead in Shanghai. There's not 10 dead in Beijing. Why are you freaking out, lady? I never even heard of Wuhan before all this. I never heard of Wuhan. That's why I looked at Hong Kong. I've been to Hong Kong. Never heard of Wuhan. Didn't know where it was. <clears throat> Had no idea it existed. 10 million people in that city. It's bigger than New York. I had no idea it existed. That shows you how stupid I am, how dumb I am. <laughs> so I, I went and looked at Hong Kong. And I'm, I'm like, nobody else is curious? Nobody else clicked on Hong Kong? Anderson Cooper didn't click on Hong Kong? Sean Hannity? Isn't, everybody just goes, Wuhan, ah, and starts screaming their heads off? <clears throat> Nobody said, well, I'm, I'm curious what's happening in Shanghai. Oh, my God, what must be happening? There weren't 10 dead there. And nobody looked. How, is it, how does that happen, Tommy? How does nobody look at Hong Kong? Yeah. Nobody looks at Shanghai? It, it, I mean, isn't that kind of weird? Well, it's very odd. It just more and more sounds like sounds like they're in lockstep. I don't claim to know how. I don't claim to know what is the motivation. It's just with my own, you know, functioning brain, I would say they have a talking point. I'm not yeah, going to say. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying. Claim what the whole thing is. It just, it very clearly but, looks like a talking point. Well, <clears throat> to, I feel the same way. In other words, when I say the Hillary thing with the vote by mail, mm -hmm. I'm not pounding my fist on the desk and saying that's what it was. I'm saying it just looks like that, kind of smells like that to me. I could be wrong. It could be something else. But when you look at what transpired as a result of the pandemic, what happened? Well, we ended up voting by mail, right? <clears throat> that happened. Seems that there may have been some voting irregularities with uh, votes showing up in you know trucks and bins and more ballots and scanning ballots and you know, so there was a whole bunch of ballot-related uh, extracurricular activities that we don't typically see. And <clears throat> would that have happened had there not been the pandemic? Now, there's a whole bunch of other ulterior motives we know that that whole vaccine industrial complex wanted to get off of eggs and growing vaccines and eggs we know they want to get off of that and they wanted to move to mrna so they needed an event and they talk about this at that milken conference that takes place in october 2019 
Fauci's at that conference, and they talk about this. And they say, you know, we got to get off of eggs. We've been making vaccines this way for 70 years or whatever it is, and this is just antiquated. And in a recent interview that Dr. Malone did with Bobby Kennedy Jr., uh, he's got Bobby Kennedy Jr., J.J. Cooey, Merle Noss, and they talk about the vaccine industrial complex and how America looks at uh, vaccine technology as sort of like a defense mechanism against uh, biowarfare attacks. And so we need this ability to manufacture vaccines. Uh, he calls it warm manufacturing capability. In other words, you can't just set up a factory, lock it up, and if we need it, we'll go. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. So you have to have an operating system that's running and and so he said, so that's kind of why we do influenza vaccines every year, is so that we have this production capability that in the event of some sort of a biowarfare type attack that you know, might look like what we just went through, we have the ability to manufacture what we need. But at the same time, they wanted to get off that platform. And talked about needing some sort of an impetus <clears throat> for that to happen. So that was weird. So you've, you know, again, you've got a bunch of different parties with similar motivations that wanted to see something like this happen, apparently. And when we look at the data, this is something uh, I, I don't remember if I told you this story, but early on in the COVID thing, I was introduced to Laura Ingram at Fox News. Did I tell you about that? I don't think so. Okay. So I got a message from one of my patrons. I'm on Patreon and Subscribestar, right? So I've, I get a message, I think, from a Subscribestar patron uh, saying, hey, would you be interested in talking to one of the big names in television news? Well, you know, sure. This is in April of 2020. And I'm sure, you know, okay. You know, it depends on who it is, right? And so he writes back and says, it's Laura Ingram. Okay, I like Laura Ingram, right? Okay, well, see what she has to say. So, <clears throat> I end up getting introduced to Laura Ingram first via email um, with a bunch of email traffic. And then we schedule a Skype phone call. And I end up on a call with Laura Ingram. We didn't have the cameras turned on, so it's just uh, like a three-way conference call on Skype. And we spent... I don't know, two hours together going through these maps and me showing her, you know, Hong Kong, Shanghai, Beijing, Vietnam, Thailand, Laos. There was nobody dead in the region. And then looking at India and Mexico and Russia, none of whom had a hundred dead. I saying, well, why, why are we declaring a global pandemic? And there's nobody dead in India. You know, when I say nobody, less than 500 people. Less than 500 people dead in India. Less than 500 dead in Russia. Less than 500 dead in Mexico. Indonesia. I'm looking at the most populated countries on Earth. I'm looking at Pakistan. I'm looking at Nigeria. These are countries with 200 million people or more. And there's nobody dead there. And Dr. Tedros is talking about Italy and Iran and South Korea. All right, Italy's got 1,700 dead, but there's 3 million influenza cases in Italy, we learn later. 
how do we know that those COVID deaths were COVID deaths if they didn't have a PCR test? So that's kind of that baton zone. Yeah. Right? There's that there's that tricky moment when Clark Kent's gotta change his clothes. Right? That's when you catch him. Yeah. You wanna catch you wanna find out who Superman is? Catch Clark Kent taking his pants off. Yeah. That's how you're going to find out who Superman is. Yeah. And it seems to be this zone I've been focusing in on is this transition from this massive influenza pandemic that appears to have been ravaging the planet into this new novel coronavirus. Now, <clears throat> keep in mind, the first two big coronavirus pandemics, MERS and SARS-1, Neither of those killed a thousand people. Not a thousand people died from MERS. Not a thousand people died from SARS-1. Hmm. And all of a sudden we got a new coronavirus that's killing tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people. Neither of the other two killed a thousand people. How the hell is this one killing so many millions of people? Hmm, that's kind of weird because you know what? Before this, there was only one respiratory virus that ever killed more than a million people. There was only one. Only one, ever. 1918. And that's the virus that Dr. Fauci resurrected. And that's the virus that Dr. Kawaoka made 200 times more deadly. 200 times more deadly. Just to see if he could. That's what gain of function is all about. Let's run this thing through 100 generations of mice and see, and if we just keep picking the version that killed the most mice the fastest, and that's the one we keep growing... How how nasty can we make this thing? Yeah, that's what Dr. Kawaoka does up in in Wisconsin. Now, if that were to get out after Dr. Fauci was warned by Ray Kurzweil not to do it in the first place, and then it were to get out, well, we got two scenarios. One, we admit it and say, "Yikes, our bad." Yeah, that was ours. Yeah, we know we shouldn't have done it, but we did it anyway, and we're really sorry. We're really sorry. The other option is blame China. Now, which sounds like more fun to the guys at Langley, right? <laughs> right? Let's admit that we screwed up. Uh, fall on our sword, mea culpa, yikes, I guess I guess we shouldn't have done it, or, or let's blame China, <laughs> release another virus to cover this. You can see the wheels spinning in Langley, right? The idiots all sitting around the table coming up with, how are we going to hide a pandemic? How are we going to hide a Fort Detrick disaster? How are we going to hide something that Kawaoka design the guys are screwing with it in australia and it's out how do you cover that up yeah well first right so first we need another virus call peter daszak hey peter what do you got i need something that's got every 
bell and whistle on it. It's got to have little jangly bits. I want it to have little ringy dings. I want it, it better have a CGG, CGG, and a GP120 because I need to get everybody's attention with this thing. Yeah. I want the craziest looking virus you got in the book that causes pneumonia. What do you got? And he goes, oh, well, you know, Dr. She and Ralph Barrick, they've been screwing. They got a GP120, they got a CGG, CGG. Yeah, I got everything in the kitchen sink on this thing. I'll take it. That's the one. And for the last three and a half years, all this Wuhan, zoonotic, lab leak, did it or didn't it, eco-health, that's all red herring, man. That has nothing to do with what just killed 7 million people. It wasn't a coronavirus. If the last two coronaviruses didn't kill a thousand people, yeah, how did this one kill seven million? And P.S. There's not fifty dead in Beijing, right? Nobody has shown up with some new data to say no, 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 dude, this is in Chinese, and it shows no, no, there's fifty thousand dead. In China. No, no, nobody's got that. I'm using Johns Hopkins and the WHO data. And so when people say China's lying, we look at Pakistan. Is Pakistan lying? Is Peru lying? Peru doesn't know how to count. Right? So we look at these other countries, and it's just damning evidence. How does Ohio have more people dead than Bangladesh? Yeah. Bangladesh has 168 million people right? making clothes for H&M so that you can buy a shirt for $2, right? So... They're all in Bangladesh, making all that stuff, right? 168 million people, and they've got fewer dead from COVID than Pennsylvania? Than Ohio? Right? The Amish live in Ohio. I mean, you know, besides Cincinnati and Cleveland and Columbus, Ohio's farmland. You know, have you been out there? It's beautiful. Yeah, actually. Ohio, Ohio it's beautiful. It's like all farmland out there. Even once you get out of the cities, it's magnificent. So how does Bangladesh have fewer people dead than Ohio? How does Pakistan have fewer people dead than Pennsylvania? Because they're counting properly. They're counting COVID deaths. They're not counting like way we count with George Floyd is a COVID death. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the guy, the chef who just died on the paddleboard, if he tests positive for COVID, that's a COVID <laughs> death, right? If he tests positive, they're going to swab that poor guy, right? And if he, if he tests positive for COVID, that's a COVID death, even though we drown. That's how we count. That's how we do it. And why did we do that? Why did we overcount like that? What were we trying to hide? Ooh, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci. He's not going to escape, Tommy. You don't think so? People are pe no. People are catching on now, and what's happening on Twitter? Um, a whole lot of the you know the the big name guys are starting to say, "What happened to the flu?" As if I don't exist, right? So you know, as if I haven't been reporting on this for three years. So uh, the materials that I have been publishing on YouTube on my uh, my YouTube channel and on Twitter. Um, a whole bunch of people now are kind of latching on to the concept without actually 
you know, reading the book, so to speak. So, you know, it's like they're looking at the, at the, at the cover and saying, oh, what happened to the flu? Oh, it was rebranded as COVID. And it's like, it's so much more complicated than that. You can't just say that they just called the flu COVID and every doctor in the world just fell for that. I mean, come on, it's got to be more complicated than that. And that's what my work has gotten into, which is how do you hide a pandemic from every physician in the world? How do you do that? Hmm. Okay, so, you know, we, we, we see what's happening in the data. But how do you how do you fool these guys clinically in the ER? How do you how do they miss what's happening? And that's what I started to dig into. And that's the difference here is that these other people who are saying, oh, well, here's what happened to the flu and here's what happened to the flu. First of all, they're not taking into consideration that it disappeared from over 100 countries in just 28 days. That's number one, which means that doesn't sound very organic. Have that happen, right? It just stopped. And then when we looked at countries like Hungary and the Netherlands, it just stopped. Like in the midst of this outbreak, it just stopped, which is highly unlikely. So it appears that there was subterfuge. It appears that this was being covered up. Why? Hmm. Why would anybody need to hide an influenza pandemic? So those are kind of the two burning questions. If it's happening, what the hell are they hiding it for? If you're going to go test everybody at the drive-through testing at Yankee Stadium or whatever the hell they were doing, right? Well, test everybody for two viruses. How complicated is that? You might have COVID. You might have the flu, Tommy. We're not sure. We're going to stick a thing in your nose. And we're going to tell you if you got A, B, or nothing. Was that complicated? That wasn't that complicated. Why, was, why is that so hard to do? Why didn't we do that? Why are they hiding an influenza pandemic unless... The strain is rather damning. If the strain of influenza is like, oh, oh, this came from Kawaoka in Wisconsin. This is that thing that he did. Well, that would be damning. If the NIH funded it, right? The NIH paid for the research. And that's the strain that's killing everybody. We couldn't have that happen. We'd have to cover that up. So now how do you hide the influenza from all the doctors? That's kind of the tricky part. Yeah. Because you have to do that globally. Yeah. Right? You got to do that globally. And everybody's doing the PCR test, and they're testing everybody. And all the doctors will tell you, no, 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 we, we were testing everybody for the flu. Well, the answer is kind of like a magic trick. The answer is you don't put the virus in the PCR test. And so if the strain of virus that's really killing everybody is reconstructed 1918 H1N1 pandemic influenza, you don't send that to BioFire. You don't send that to Eplex. You send them PDM09, Yamagata. You send them the innocuous strains that everybody gets seasonal influenza. And the test kit's got five strains in there for seasonal influenza, not the deadliest strains of pandemic influenza ever engineered in a laboratory. They don't send those out to BioFire. 
and say, hey, guys, look what we cooked up this week. Yeah. This thing, you know, this thing can wipe out a whole city in in about fourteen hours. Why don't you put this one in the test? That's not how it works, man. What they're doing is they give the testing companies the basic strains of influenza, the most common strains. That's not what I'm concerned about, Tommy. I don't care if I've got PDM09 or Yamagata. It's not going to kill me. But if I got one of Kawaoka strains. And my blood oxygen is now in the 70s. Yeah, I'm I'm dying a slow death here. My I'm I'm losing brain capacity. What we heard from Dr. Zach Bush in Hawaii is that over 5,000 patients in New York, he was studying the data, presented with hypoxia and no fever. Now that sounds like a gain-of-function virus to me, if ever there was one. No fever means your body doesn't produce interferon. So when you get sick and mm -hmm. you get a fever and you start burning up in bed and everything, the reason that's happening is your body's producing interferon. Now. Mm -hmm. As your body core body temperature goes up, the interferon production ramps up. And that's how you get better. And there's other things, interleukins and other stuff that the all these smart people tell me about so i'm just repeating stuff i heard from smart people so that's the function of having a fever yeah is having a fever produces interferon interleukins and all this stuff and then you get better well if there was a nasty virus that they were able to figure out how to turn that capability off the part that gives you a fever and just a week or so ago i had a conversation with dr judy mikovitz yeah. And I asked her point blank, and I said, Dr. Judy, can we disable that? Like if we were working with any, and she's like, absolutely. Absolutely, we know where that is, we know what triggers it, and you betcha we could, we, you know, give, give me a little duct tape in an hour and a half and we'll have that thing right out of there. Yeah. Now you've got a virus that causes hypoxia, cyanosis, your lips start turning blue, because even though you're breathing, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not uh, functioning. Your lung function is not there, even though you can go in and out. You're breathing fine, but nothing seems to be happening, and now your lips are turning blue. And they say it looks like altitude sickness. It looks like we just dropped this guy off at 25,000 feet, and he's not adapting to the, the thinness of the air. That's how it presents. Then they start to develop something called ground glass syndrome in the lungs. This crackling sound in the lungs. That's the description of the Blue Death, the 1918 Spanish flu. Excuse me, sneezing. You're good. So, yeah, so uh, it appears that this description that we heard this presentation from the er this hypoxia the blue whips ground glass syndrome that's the deadliest virus man's ever respiratory infection we've ever seen the two deadliest viruses smallpox and 1918 h1n1 but smallpox isn't you know like a pneumonia type of a thing so from a presentation standpoint this 1918 h1n1 influenza what we commonly call the Spanish flu, had another name, the Blue Death. 
And they called it the Blue Death because people's lips and mm -hmm. faces were turning blue because they weren't processing oxygen. And that's what we heard from Dr. Zach Bush. That's what we heard from Dr. Cameron Kyle Seidel in the very early stages. And that's kind of when I started realizing there's two viruses out there. This SARS-CoV-2 thing and then this other one. It's like there's a pit bull loose in the neighborhood and there's a Kodiak bear loose in the neighborhood. And they're both killing everything. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm focusing on the Kodiak bear and everybody else in the neighborhood is worried about the pit bull. Yeah, we need to pass anti-pit bull laws. And it's like, dude. <laughs> so There's a furry you know tractor I mean? it's like, eating kids. Yeah, exactly. So I'm looking at uh, sort of what I believe to be the bigger problem. But all the attention is on COVID. All the press goes to COVID, and they just drop this influenza outbreak just like a hot potato. Like, it's just gone. Mm. And the data that we just looked at, I think that's pretty damning, Tommy. Your audience yeah. just saw that for the first time. Uh, you know, if something's up with the chat, so we can't let's, really get any let's, live let's, feedback. Let's check it. But I think that's a pretty compelling batch of data we just looked at that says... It, it sure looks like there was a global influenza pandemic underway right before COVID, including in China. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. 60 Minutes doesn't have anything that big this week. Come on. Right, let's go. Yeah. Can I have like one person? You had one, John is right. The pandemic was to cover the pandemic. Yeah, and then we have, you know, people commenting, making no rational sense. So I would ignore those. Um, yeah, it's... The pandemic, the influenza outbreak, and then they're just wiping off the map. The just zero cases. To me, that was the most damning one, was from our last talk. Just the absence. Just wiping it out. Just, they, they did a... They did a, you know, a, a historical thing. They, they removed influenza and no one talked about and, it. And simultaneously, the deaths from COVID just show up out of nowhere. In other words, look how steep the left-hand side of the chart is. You see the green chart? Can mm -hmm. you guys see that? Yeah. Look how steep the left-hand side is. Mm. It just like comes out of nowhere. That's not how viruses work, man. They don't just show up. The next point is that first peak that you see, that's uh, January, February, March, that's April. So week 13 is the last week of March, okay? And then week 14 is April. So that first peak is April. We didn't have the PCR tests. Hmm. How did you know those are COVID deaths? We didn't get the PCR tests until May, which means all this March and April stuff, that doesn't really, you know, that, that doesn't really count. So that first peak, how do we know that was COVID? Huh. You know, yeah. Maybe that wasn't COVID. Maybe that was something else. We just presumed it was COVID. Yeah. So... That's, you know, influenza disappears. Now it's back now, 
right? So we, it, it has returned, but it disappeared from the United States weeks 11 through 14 of 2020. And in a hundred other countries, the same thing happened. And then, you know, we get to this phenomenon, which I call you complete me, which is where we put the COVID deaths into the gap where influenza disappeared. Yeah. And everything just kind of lines up just. so nice, man. I just love how it just fits together like that. And you can do the same thing for like Sweden. So here's Sweden and you see influenza disappeared. I put the COVID deaths in in gray. And it's like, dude, this is like a magic rings, like your side, my side, and they fit together. And so bam, magic happens. Yeah. It's like, wow. You mean influenza disappeared and COVID showed up just like Superman and Clark Kent, man. This is so cool. Look at that, how everything lines up so nice. This is Italy. Italy had 3 million COVID uh, influenza cases. In January 2020, 3 million cases. COVID shows up. Look at this, man. Look at this. These are COVID deaths time aligned with the disappearance of influenza in Italy. I can convince a grand jury this is subterfuge. They were hiding an influenza outbreak. Why? Yeah, why? I know why. Yeah. I know why. Yeah. yeah, you know, if oh, it was just another strain of influenza? No. No. Not, not. It killed 7 million people. Just as Ray Kurzweil warned us, Ray Kurzweil said, if this thing gets out, it's going to kill 5 to 10 million people. Here's England. Look at this. You take the gray or the COVID deaths. The green are influenza specimens that disappeared magically at the same time as in 100 other countries. And the COVID deaths just kind of complete these curves. This is Canada, right? Here's your COVID deaths in Canada and the influenza overlaid. It, you see how the gray like completes the curve? You mm -hmm. see that? It like fills in the shoulder of the curve there. Isn't that nice? Mm. This is this is Switzerland. So it disappears weeks 11 through 14 of 2020, reappears two years later. But when we put the COVID deaths into Switzerland, look at this. Look at this. <coughs> Come on, man. Even OJ Simpson said, man, that fits like a glove. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on. Even OJ, even OJ is looking at this and going, "Damn, yeah, that fits like a glove." <clears throat> this is Australia, and in Australia, they don't really have a whole lot of deaths until they start doing uh, uh, some other stuff. This is Germany, and you'll see the same phenomenon in Germany. Here you go. So, COVID deaths in gray, influenza specimens in green. They disappear. COVID fills in. Just like Clark Kent and Superman. Here's Netherlands. Look at this. Netherlands is in the midst of the outbreak. It's going up, 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 and then it just stops. Weeks 11 through 14, like magic, we put the COVID deaths into Netherlands. Whoa, come on. Come on. Even O.J. Simpson is saying guilty. Yeah. Come on. Look at this, man. This is evidence. This is evidence. This is what happened, Tommy. And it doesn't seem that any of these big-name COVID doctors want to talk about this. They want to keep talking about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and 
and all that stuff. And meanwhile, uh, more people have been dying from influenza and pneumonia than COVID for well over a year now. Yeah. For well over a year, more people were dying from influenza and, you know, this P&I thing than have been dying from, uh, from COVID. So nobody knows, nobody wants to talk about it. That's sort of the, uh, you know, one of the best kept secrets here. Here we go. I'll share this with the audience. You guys can see what the numbers look like. So this is, um, this is this season. And the season begins in October. <clears throat> so uh, October's week 40. The gap in the middle is New Year's. And it takes us out to uh, just two weeks ago. Hey, and John, blue... real, real quick, take yeah. take the reins of the podcast. Uh, my, my bladder's going to pop. i got to run to the restroom real quick. Do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take, take the reins. So <clears throat> no sweat. So what you guys are looking at here, the blue are the P&I deaths, the uh, influenza and pneumonia deaths. The green are all deaths with COVID. Anybody who tests positive and dies, that's green. And the blue are the P&I deaths. So every single week this season, and in fact it goes back to March of last year, more people were dying from P&I than are dying with COVID. So <clears throat> we tally this up for the season, and that's the pie chart that you see in the upper right-hand corner. The pie chart is showing uh, just shy of 165,000 P&I deaths and just north of 76,000 COVID deaths. So about a two-to-one ratio, about twice as many people are dying from P&I as are dying with COVID. And this has been going on since March of 2022. And the thing that I find upsetting about this is that it doesn't seem like Dr. McCullough, Dr. Pierre Corey, uh, Aaron Curiati, any of these big name doctors that are you know on Twitter and uh, showing up on TV and whatever, none of them seem to want to address the reality that COVID isn't killing as many people as influenza has been. So uh, that's an aspect of the story that I have found a, a bit disturbing and hard to understand. So I'm sure Tommy will be back in a second. So that's kind of this phenomenon <clears throat> that I've been focusing on as it pertains to the COVID uh, outbreak. When Tommy comes back, I'll show you guys one last thing before we wrap up, which has to do with uh, the field hospitals and what those field hospitals may have been for. And I'll share that with you guys in a second. So. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the field hospitals, and uh, we we started building these field hospitals, I guess, shortly after the president declared this national emergency, and we, uh, I guess, the the most famous one <clears throat> was the one at uh, Jacob Javits Center in New York, and they converted the convention center into a field hospital and Andrew Cuomo the governor was you know we were talking about that a lot and I guess it was in the news uh quite a bit so um Tommy gets headphones back on I'm back all right yeah it... can you hear me with head yeah. you got need headphones or no 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 I don't, don't worry need no I don't worry Oh, okay. Give me a headache. How do you not get feedback? How do you not get feedback with speakers on? 
you get some special uh, audio cutout thing. Yeah, I, you if know, I, if I've I never turn really my thought about speakers that. on, I, yeah, I get all kinds of feedback here. If I it's turn w- it's weird. I don't. I think it captures like directly from the. I don't. I've 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 stopped trying to figure that out a while ago. Someone asked me, "How do I not get feedback?" And it was like, "Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know." And I'm just kind of like. Don't touch it. Sounds fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah, broken, man. Fine. Don't exactly. touch it. Yeah. Don't, exactly. There'll be a day That's when it. I get feedback, and then that'll be a day I'll have to I'll have to deal with it. But it's just been smooth. It's just been cruising, so I don't you know I don't look too into it. Yeah, yeah. Don't touch a thing. All right. Well, I was just telling the audience that there's one other aspect to this whole COVID story that I don't think we've touched on that I wanted to share with you before we wrap up. Sure. And that <clears throat> has to do with the field hospitals. And if you guys remember, we built these field hospitals, right? We did uh, Jacob Javits. Uh, we did them in the Boston Convention Center. We did them in Chicago. We, in fact, turns out we did them in all these major cities. And I couldn't really understand it because there weren't that many people dead. And they were telling you, well, you know, in case the hospitals are overflowing. and blah, blah, blah. I, But there's nobody actually dead so what are you talking about and the closer i looked at it the stranger it was and then i did a show with a friend of mine uh shepherd ambellis from intellihub and shepherd came on and said i've got this hypothesis i've got this theory i've been working on it for a long time and you guys might think i'm nuts but and he lays it out i'm like that sounds pretty crazy but at Shepard and Bellis, that's, you know, once upon a time, there was InfoWars with Alex Jones and IntelliHub with Shepard and Bellis. And they were the okay. two, you know, places you would go for alternative news. And Shepard became a friend of mine when I was working on the Las Vegas shooting. So he came on the show and he starts talking about military activity. And he says, guys, they're, they're calling, like the National Guard is moving stuff all over the country. And this is the first week in April. It was April 4th or 5th we did the show with him. And I said, what the hell are you talking about? Come on. And he says, no, look, look. And he's showing us pictures of like convoys of, of equipment. And he's like, dude, I know people and I'm getting phone calls from around the country. They're moving equipment. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And next thing you know, we find out they're going to build field hospitals and they're going to build them in Miami and they're going to build them in Louisiana and they're going to build them in Rhode Island and they're going to build them in New York and they're building them all over the country. Well, Donald Trump does an interview while he's president with Maria Bartiromo and he tells Maria that the call up of the National Guard to build these field hospitals was the biggest call-up of the National Guard since D-Day. The single biggest call-up of the National Guard since D-Day. We're going to build field hospitals in every city. Rhode Island got four of them. Four field hospitals in Rhode Island. Now, why is this weird? Because we put them away 11 days later. Yeah. They were ready April 20th. May 1st, we began decommissioning them. Like what? The pandemic's over? It's been 10 days. What's the matter with you guys? 
Why are you putting them away? The pandemic's not over. 11 days, April 20th and May 1st, you're un, you're undoing it? <clears throat> Why are you putting it all away? Are you, you the, the pandemic's over? 10 days later? What the, what are you doing? Just as no one seemed to notice that influenza disappeared from 100 countries in 28 days, no one seemed to notice that the field hospitals were only there for 10 or 11 days. The comfort, that big Navy ship uh-huh. they sent to New York, that left April 30th. They didn't even wait till May 1st. They're like, nah, we're out of here. We're, we got to go. We got places to be. But where are you guys going? What's the rush? You just got here. 10 days? Now, didn't they say... Don't bring your COVID patients here. This is in case the hospital system overflows. Hmm. Huh. That's interesting. Why did you call up 30,000 trauma surgeons? What do you need a trauma surgeon for? For a respiratory infection. 30,000 reserve trauma surgeons are called up. Yeah, what the fuck? It's a respiratory, <clears throat> it's a respiratory infection. What the hell do you need thirty thousand trauma surgeons? What's that for? Something happened in April that I happened to stumble across. Oh boy! Let me show you. I'm going to share this with the audience. Hell Let's yeah. See what we can do here. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a hairy one. The the, the the field hospitals. Let's see if you guys can see this. Yeah. By the way, there's no audio. I don't know if there's meant to be audio. So you don't you don't hear the audio from the video, right? No. No. All right. So what you're looking at here are about 30 asteroids that are converging on Earth April 28th of 2020. The fuck? One of them hit in Akuri, Nigeria on March 28th. And so it was sort of the first one. It was early. It arrived before we were expecting anything else to happen. What the fuck? When I pulled up the JPL tracker of NEOs near-Earth objects... It turns out there were 30, 40 of them uh, converging on Earth. And uh, the date of the convergence was April 28th. 
of 2020, we put the field hospitals away May the 1st. The, uh, the meteor crater in Akure, Nigeria, that happened on March the 28th. So I'll, I'll go back to this. Uh, hang on, let me show you this one more time. So what you're seeing here, uh, mm -hmm. this is an animation from a website called The Sky Live. And on April the 28th of 2020, I had my second Skype call with Laura Ingram. And in that conversation, I sent her this video. And it was a, a weekend. I forget if it was a Saturday or Sunday. And she was home. Um, I think she was in bed with her, one of her sons. And she yelled to her son and said, come over here with mommy. Uh, we're going to watch some asteroids with mommy's friend, John. And she had the video. I sent it to her by WeTransfer. And she downloaded it. And we're sitting there watching this together. And she was stunned. And I think it's because she was close to President Trump. Hmm. And he didn't tell her. Hmm. What you're seeing here, the blue dot, I don't know if you guys can make it, but in the middle there is a blue dot. Mm -hmm. And you can see this stuff on my YouTube channel. Uh, there's a video I published called Is Don't Look Up Real? Was Don't Look Up Real? And the net of it is that uh, it appears that April 28th, 2020 was an, what, what they call an extinction level event. Jesus meaning had these things started to arrive, it would have looked like the movie Greenland, and it would have been a mess. So do you release uh, a virus? One of them impacts in Akure, Nigeria, makes that big hole, and everybody starts taking it seriously. So once we have that impact in Nigeria, that's when they go, all right, Operation Warp, warp speed. speed. Operation Warp oh, Speed. fuck. Build the field hospitals. It has nothing to do with vaccinations. What, do you, what, Pfizer needs the army's help? No. Pfizer doesn't need the army's help to do a damn thing. What do they need the army's help for? They don't need the army. They well, then, were the they tracking these the things? Were they tracking these things a year speed out? Speed is a Star Trek reference. The invisible enemy oh. were the rocks. That's or the invisible enemy, Tommy. Okay, so are they... We don't hear you. Your mic is off. Your mic is off. No, it's on. I don't hear you. I'm mic. not hearing you. What did I... Oh, I apologize. It was my audio. <laughs> Forgive me. No, I was looking. I was, saw the red light, and I was like... And that's the yeah. extent yeah, of my knowledge my, of how this operates. Is I'm like, if the red light's oh, yeah. on, that's all I can do. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Well, I mean, you know... There are not really that crazy variables in space, right? You see something, you can see like the hour and day it's going to go by a century ahead of time. Were they tracking? Right. I'm just pretending, uh, just thinking about this. Were they tracking this a year, two years out? Do you release a no. virus? No. Do you release a virus to cover movement? All right. All right. So the way the way it works with this stuff. So I started studying <clears throat> neos, near Earth uh -huh. objects, and what's the story with all this stuff? And it turns out that we usually we don't see them until they fly by. Yeah, that's right. So we, if so they're not covered in the, ice, it's hard to detect the light on them. And because of the direction of the sun and the yeah. direction they come from and all oh, that kind of stuff, Jesus. we don't see them until they fly past. Oh, God. And then we go, wow, that was a close one. It's just like a zipping and bullet. As, you go, whoa. Exactly. As we watch it fly, it's exactly right. 
And so we see it whiz by. Oh, God. And then they calculate what they call the ephemera, <clears throat> which is where did it come from? Where's it going? What's its curve? The, 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 oh, the, they calculate all that stuff. That's what NASA JPL does. And they have oh, a website God. that lists all the stuff and allows you to build the animations and all oh, that. God. So I go in and I build this animation and I'm looking at this and saying, uh, guys, this is April 28th. And we put the hospital, the field hospitals away May 1st. That makes perfect sense. Otherwise, why would you put the field hospital? Well, why are you putting them away? Why put the mercy ship? You can't ship. leave them up for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days? Come on. Go 10 the, days. And you go put the comfort right next to Manhattan. And it's gone in 10 days, man. Oh, God. 10 days. So the reason this is important is this helps people understand the extent the government will just lie. Lie to you. Just lie right to your face, <clears throat> not tell you something's happening. You almost died. I almost died. Don't look up. Where do you think that movie came from? Didn't it seem weird that Netflix had this film that had every major star in Hollywood was in the film? Leonardo DiCaprio, Jonah Hill, what's her name? That lady that was with Harvey Weinstein all the time. What's her name? The famous actress. I, I don't know. She plays the president. She plays the president. Don't look up. <clears throat> famous actress. You got the biggest names in Hollywood in this movie for Netflix. And the funny thing is that all of those Hollywood types that were in the movie think that the movie is a metaphor for climate, for change. climate change. Right. And it's like, no. It wasn't, happened, wasn't there another dumbasses. wasn't there another big asteroid movie? Well, Greenland yeah. was at that time and they pulled the Greenland trailer. Um, so the Greenland trailer had been published on the internet. You could go watch the trailer for Greenland Wait, for did, about tw 24 hours. Did the, movie did the movie never come out? No, it did. It okay. did eventually. But uh, let's yeah, see. I've I remember Greenland. seeing the trailer. Yeah, that he walks outside and the, the vapor shockwave flies through the neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. So for those of you who haven't seen that, I have that here. Um, and again, you guys don't get the sound when I share this stuff, I guess. So you won't be able to hear it, but you'll be able to see it. Um, yeah, it was a great, it was a great trailer. Yeah. So you can't hear this. I can hear it. Um, so this trailer is on... So it's on YouTube, and then they ghost it. So you can't see it, meaning everywhere where the, there was a link to this trailer, now it's a dead link with a 404 error. Okay, now why, why was that? So there you go. So they pull the trailer. 
they ghosted it from the internet. And I sent a message to Laura, and I said, "What? Why would they ghost the trailer for Greenland, the movie?" Unless this was, you know, we're onto something here. It was an ELE. The field hospitals were there in case one of them hit in Cincinnati. We didn't know if it was going to hit in Missouri, Cincinnati, Idaho, Toronto, <clears throat> Mexico City. Imagine if Mexico City was devastated. Imagine it hits Me Mexico City is like the most densely populated city in the world. 40 million people are there. And you know, it's wild. In uh, Will Ark and former Army Intel, former Army Intel, in his book, The Generals Have No Clothes, it's a great book about kind of military expansionism, whatever. Um, he, at the last chapter, he talks about COVID. And uh, I think he says in, in March or April 2020 was the first time uh, in over 50 years that they closed both of the vault doors at NORAD. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> and it turns out that on on the 13th of March, when the president declares the national emergency, NORAD's in charge. General O'Shaughnessy yeah. is now running the government. Yeah. No, you know, nobody wants to talk about that because it sounds kind of QAnon-ish. No, got continuity of government. Right. It's very real. Yeah. So General O'Shaughnessy was in charge. Um, you know, that's... Uh, <laughs> So it's NORAD. <clears throat> As you said, NORAD closed their doors for the first time in, you know, a long time. Um, I don't think they even is... closed them on 9-11 because there's, there's two sets of doors. There's one set of door and then at a 45 degree or 90 degree angle halfway through is another. And like at, for whatever reason, they never close them all because you don't need it unless there's a nuclear strike inbound. Or I guess in this hypothesis, the equivalent of a nuclear strike. Well, what they call an ELE. So what I was doing was modeling this. So all these white objects of the asteroids um, that they were, you know, that are being tracked here in this model. And there's a little blue dot there that's Earth. And as the dates get closer and closer to April 28th, you'll see them all start to converge. The date is in the bottom in the middle, March 28th, March 30th, April 4th, 5th, 10th. And on April 27th, 28th, they all come together. And it was April 28th that I'm sitting there going over this with Laura Ingram in private. And she's just, wow, wow, wow. And at the same time, she's kind of like, I can't believe he didn't tell me, meaning Trump, because, you know, she had a personal relationship. Like, he was texting her. Yeah. Right. So he would text her or, you know, SMS or whatever. And she would send me an email. So she'd send me a message. Uh, the big guy, not Joe Biden, the big <laughs> guy, meaning Trump, uh, is asking about Brazil. And what what should I tell him? Yeah. And then I would go look at Brazil and pull up some data and write back to her and say it's going to get worse before it gets better. So that's kind of what was going on is she is getting data from me for months months and months and months i'm sending her all kinds of stuff about the influenza and she knew all about this that's why i'm telling you guys this fox news knew laura ingram knew about this 
they opted not to tell you. All right, so if you think that's the news, this stuff is getting managed. What mm -hmm. you're being told is being managed. And um, it appears, again, I could be wrong. I'm not going to pound my fist on the desk and say, those field hospitals were absolutely for this ELE. But <clears throat> the data that I just shared with you, that's incontrovertible. That's JPL data. Yeah. That happened. That happened. So whether or not the field hospitals are connected to that, or we thought it would be prudent to build them for 10 days for COVID that had not yet killed 10 people in Hong Kong, Shanghai, or Beijing, which, by the way, the CIA knows that. I'm looking at the map, the map that I was sharing with your audience at the beginning of the show. We're all looking at that, right? I'm looking at the map. CIA's looking at the map. Everybody knows. Right, we're all looking at it and saying, "Okay, there's not ten people dead in, not ten people dead in Hong Kong or Shanghai or Beijing." Right, that's that's kind of incontrovertible here. Yeah. So if I know it, that means they all know it, right? If I'm looking at this thing and saying, uh, th "There's not ten dead in Shanghai, Beijing, Hong Kong," well, then shouldn't the president of the United States? also know that yeah so why are we building field hospitals we did one other thing tommy that i'll share with you that you may have forgotten about because they don't really want you to know this <clears throat> so again it's like they really like to forget about things that happened um that are kind of telling but when we started building the field hospitals again there weren't 250 people dead now, we did something else also at the same time, uh, which is we started to put the airplanes away. Do you remember that? We parked all the airplanes out in the desert. You remember that part? Not Maybe not. Not particularly. Uh, kind of. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I'm in Delta. Yeah, I mean, they're all complaining. So we moved the airplanes out to uh, California and started parking them in the desert. And there was a story about this pilot, and he writes a note, and he leaves a note on the yoke of the plane and says, hey, you know, it's kind of freaky. We're parking all the planes out here. It's kind of weird. And then six months later, another pilot comes uh, to pick up that plane and reads the note. And he's like, wow, man, this is weird. It's like six months this thing has just been sitting here, and now we're picking it up. So they parked these planes all over the world. All over the world, airlines put their aircraft into dry storage. Yeah. But there weren't 75 people dead in America when we did it. What the fuck? Yeah. Why would you do this? Why would you park all the airplanes for a respiratory infection? Doesn't that seem a little over the top, Tommy? Seems like you're marshalling your your transport for VIPs. So I, I again, they didn't want them getting knocked out of the sky. Yeah. Well, they're valuable assets. No, no, no. Meaning, if they're flying, in any given day, there's ten thousand aircraft in the air at any given moment. Yeah. Now, if it starts raining rocks, that's true. Aircraft starts falling out of the sky. 
I think they I'm don't a, want the mayor born. I think I'm yeah, a little so more. They, I'm a little more cynical than you. I had to look at it as they. Yeah, they don't care if we die. They're looking at these as valuable transport and going. No, 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 no. They can't have planes falling out of the sky, getting hit by rocks. That's true. And when that, so the Akure, Nigeria, when that happened, that was really the big event. This is where they all started to take it seriously because I'm sure prior to this, the NASA guys and the JPL guys, you know, they're, they're all, you know. They're all telling them this, 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 and that, right? But it's not until it actually hits and they see the footage and they're looking at it and saying, here, I'll show you. So it's not really until they're looking at the footage from a curry that the guys at the White House and everybody are like, uh, if this had happened on Rodeo Drive, uh, this would have been a pretty big problem, right? If, the, if, if this had landed in Beverly Hills. This is the first meteor crater of significance uh, that we've seen in 10 or 12,000 years. So I went to Meteor Crater, uh, Barringer Crater in Arizona, in order to get a better understanding of what Meteor Craters look like, how they're formed, what kind of telltale signs they have, stuff like that and got a bit of an education and <clears throat> studying this thing and listening to the professor of geology who shows up that day and they bring a drone, they measure everything. And he's, he's like, yeah, this is absolutely, this is a meteor. Now, how does National Geographic not find this interesting? In other words, you can find stories about close calls with asteroid, asteroid the size of the Empire State Building, asteroid the size of this, close call, oh my God, we're tracking NASA's track but one of them hits and they don't cover it? What the hell is that about? How do you not cover it when one of them hits? We haven't had a meteor crater that size, Tommy, in 10 or 12,000 years. This is, you know, you, you want to talk about a significant event? I mean, it's a pretty big hole in the, in the ground there. How does this go unreported? This, this doesn't look like news. And yet all of the close call asteroid news stories, that's news. One's going to fly by 1.2 million miles from Earth. There's going to be an asteroid and that makes the news. And this does not make the news. March 28th, 2020. Well, it, the 28th, so 15 days. It sounds like a media blackout. Exactly. Sounds like a national security. They blacked security. that out, yeah. and they blacked out the Greenland stuff. And you don't even have to so tell the media why. You could just lie. You could say, by the way, that wasn't actually an asteroid. It was a terrorist group, and we don't want to. They could just lie to you. They are not. They don't need to read you <clears> in. Well, they the, could do whatever. The local government did that, in fact. The local government said it was a truck but carrying you, explosives. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, the, but then I went out and did a search for... Uh, bomb sites and bomb craters 
to find how big are truck bomb craters. When a yeah. truck does explode, how big is the crater? Nothing like this. Like yeah. this is Oklahoma City size. Like this is yeah. massive. And then the geologists show up and the geologists, they map it. They do like a 3D thing with the drone and they tell you, oh no, it came in from 48 degrees yeah. this way, came in, you know, that direction. This is where everything was ejected. Like they <clears throat> are rather definitive about it. So when you see this, you start to realize that the U.S. government will just lie to you. Well, yeah, that's that's not new. But to this degree, meaning everybody almost died, and they're not going to tell you. I, I would, and they're just not going to tell you. I, I I would say, yeah, no, I I I don't really have any hard time believing that. I. Yeah. So with that, now you you take that into consideration now when you listen to your government and you say, are you telling me the truth? Or is this another one of your stories because you don't want us to know the truth? Mm. So when you ruin <clears throat> your credibility by lying to your people again and again and again, it's you know you, your credibility erodes and so having studied the las vegas shooting having studied this learning about this asteroid event which doesn't get covered at all realizing they're covering up an influenza pandemic that most likely came from one of our laboratories i just again it's very hard for me to come to terms with the fact that i fund this activity with my tax dollars I feel guilty. I might have just become so... I don't know. Uh, what word am I looking for? Disillusioned through 1,300 episodes and interviewing guys in the military and intelligence. I think maybe I'm not like a good barometer of... Like, no, this has shredded any any hope or optimism I have for any sort of... Are they maybe not bad? Like, no, they're bad through and through. But and this is the degree. So it, it's one thing to say it, and it's another thing to bring this type of evidence to the table from JPL and NASA mm -hmm. and the WHO and the CDC and Johns Hopkins. I mean, you're talking about some real authoritative sources here yeah. and bringing forth evidence. It's just like, when do you guys tell the truth? What do you tell us the truth about? Obviously not the UFOs, obviously not the meteors, obviously not the viruses. What do you tell us the truth about? Kind of bizarre, isn't it? It's like, is there anything we can trust the government on? And with that, Tommy, I mean, I don't know the answer. I mean, but it, it appears that the evidence that I have found is rather damning mm. in both of these situations, both this whole field hospital thing and then everything having to do with which was the real pandemic which was the real pathogen that appears to have been killing everybody and was this whole COVID thing a cover-up and it appears Man, it may have been uh yeah i gotta I got hand it to you 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 set a high bar with the last episode in terms of mind melting and i can i can i'll applaud you you you, you jumped over your you, you jumped over the previous hurdle you did. Thank you, buddy. That was 
What's the not not javelin? What's the the thing where you run and you have the javelin and you stick it in the ground and the pole vault? Pole vault. Pole I'm vault. having a yeah. No, you you pole vaulted over it. I didn't I didn't know if you're gonna Maybe. be able to get it and it would have been completely acceptable. But man, you cleared it. You cleared it with that that it. that extinction level event. Neo. <sighs> pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Oh god, it's crazy. It's like the craziest story ever. And yeah, and again, you st- then now you start thinking about the movie. Don't look up. Yeah, and you're like, wait a second, did Laura Ingram say, "Hey, listen, the word's going to get out about this. We've got to get ahead of the story." What big movies are we, in the pipeline right now? I don't know. I have no idea, but it's a good question. It's uh, a real good question. Uh, is it a bad thing that Oppenheimer <laughs> that we yeah. just we? Yeah. Uh, that's know. not real. That's not really a hypothetical. That's a historical. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but I, I guess let's be on uh, the lookout for movies coming out in the next six months or so. If we start seeing the biggest movie ever about AI breaking out of some DARPA lab, <laughs> and, and I don't know that we can. You know, at this point, I don't know if we can stop that. No. I mean, I'm I'm real concerned about AI and the power grid. Yeah. That's what concerns me yeah. it, because the power grid is already fragile. And some of the story I've been reading just in the last week or so that they're saying that if we lost the power grid in Texas, New Mexico, Arizona right now, people would die yeah. because it's so hot, right? Yeah. The temperatures down there are so crazy. Yeah. So they're saying if, if the power grid went out and, the air, and people lost their air conditioning, people would die. Yeah. And that's got me concerned right now is yeah. the power grid because I've heard so many times that it's fragile, so. This this but podcast I've had a chance to dig into. This podcast has forced me to get closer to family and get closer to God. I make sure to I I call and text family members more in the last three years than I have in the previous thirty. I mo- I always assume that today's the last, and uh, I, I'm cl- I'm closer with God and because there's that's that's really the only logical conclusion I have to any of this is like I'm not a billionaire. I can't go build a bunker. So I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Gotta pray. <laughs> I pray. Uh, well, I, I, I call family member. I make sure I tell my mom and dad every day I love them. And uh, very much. That's, I mean, it's what it, I do. It's, it's very still, humbling. Very humbling. And yeah. when you when you see this data and you realize that we were almost wiped out, and nobody said a thing, yeah. it gives you maybe a new degree of cynicism. You know, maybe it's like, are you, really? It's sort of, you know, for me, it's kind of like when I first read Operation Northwoods. Yeah. yeah and that, it just shook me to my core. I was like, really? You guys are going to bomb You went that Miami. far, yeah. You're going to bomb Miami. Yeah. You're out of your friggin' minds. Yeah. And and that, for me, that was sort of the, the tipping point into this, you know, understanding that the, these people are nuts. If and you, when you see, like we just just talked about in this show, uh, as you said, you you can't take life for granted. You don't know when you're not gonna wake up. And you know, if anything, maybe that maybe there's actually a, a positivity to this. Is we should be living this way every day. Let's yeah. say even if we had the most benevolent government ever and they told us everything, you still don't yeah. know when you're gonna have an aneurysm. Are you gonna get shot Absolutely. by? You're gonna get jumped by a homeless man, and and in that sense, if anything, it's just bringing us closer to just how just how fragile this. 
I'm going to go to the grocery store after my podcast. I might get T-boned by a bus. And, you know, and now all of a sudden, the last three years of me getting closer to family and God, no, it, it wasn't an asteroid or a virus that took me out. But was that closeness any less va- closeness any less valuable? No. So maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's showing us you're always this vulnerable. This is a this is just a method to get you to realize it. I think that happened September 11th. Yeah. I think pe- people reevaluated their own mortality. Uh, people started to take things uh, less for granted than they had before. And if this show had that effect and people look at this and say, my God, you know, I need to hug my kids. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good thing. I, I have a friend that's been on the show several times. It's probably about 70, Paul Mila. He was a successful, I don't know, like network engineer in Manhattan. And he was watching the World Trade Center burn. And I think he retired like a month later. Downsized the, his house, lived below his means. He had a pretty sick salary for 10 years. He had saved it properly, and for the last 22 years, he's been he's been swimming with whales and sharks. He's all tan and stuff. Got like beach blonde hair now, but that was his catalyst. And he talks about that. He's I watched. I think he actually was like watching the 9/11 jumpers in real time, and was just like, these people woke up this morning and had no concept that they were going to jump to their death. And he was like, and I and you know I worked in that building. Oh, you were in. You were not, in the. Not not at the time of the attack, but yeah, years yeah. prior, my office was on the seventy ninth floor Jesus, of dude. One World Trade Center. Jesus, so the, the floor that got hit. Yeah, yeah. My, so that's where my, my office was. My aunt was a banker, years before the nine eleven. But when she used to go to lunch, she was she was in Lower Ish Manhattan. She said mm-hmm. she she calculated the. If they fell perfectly over, which isn't how buildings fall, but she was like, mm-hmm. I'd calculated the 1,350 feet. And she goes, I wouldn't ever go to lunch in anything in the, 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 the way. Well, yeah, she yeah. goes, I just would steer clear. If I had to go, to, she's like, I'd always take a subway if I have to go. She was like, it was just my paranoia. And you look at it, you know, that's not paranoia, man. It's your survival mechanism. Yeah. It's your survival instinct. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that is no, the. It was personal. Yeah. yeah. For, for, I mean, I live sure. in the neighborhood. I work in the building. Um, and maybe, and maybe I'll leave the audience with this and we'll wrap it up. But, uh, I saw some stuff today. I was on Twitter and people still ranting and raving about building seven yeah. at the world trade center and how that's kind of a mystery. The guy that was the best man at my first wedding was an NYPD cop. Yeah. And at the time of September 11th, he was a sergeant and was getting ready to retire. His retirement was November of 2001. Hmm. And so September 60 days before his retirement and he lived in Brooklyn and he saw from his place in Brooklyn what was happening downtown and then he turns on the TV he puts on his uniform and goes downtown and he ends up in building 7 as the best man at my wedding damn I guess about, I don't know, 60 days later, because I I wanted to give him some space, but about 60 days later, he came over to my place. We had a barbecue. And I said, so, you know, what what the hell happened over there? He said, so Building 7 was the FBI and CIA offices in New York. Oh, yeah, no, emergency, the emergency command center. 
It was the emergency command center for Rudy Giuliani, but it was also the New yeah. York FBI office yeah. and the and New the CIA. York CIA oh. office. Oh, yeah. And their protocol, their wartime protocol, Destroy. evacuate the building and scuttle. Yeah. And he's in the building. So he said, we were carrying people out. He said, there was a fire in the building. Absolutely, there was a fire. He said, but the building was pulled. He said, we, like, it was on the radio. It's on air, yeah, and, but pull for, it. He's, yeah, so he said, we evacuated the building. He said, I was carrying people out that were burned, you know, carrying them over my shoulder. We got everybody out of the building, and then they pulled the building. He was like, "This is there's no mystery here. He's like, what, what is the mystery to this? He's like, it was the FBI CIA building. We got everybody out, and then they pulled the building. That was the protocol. It's a For wartime, wartime protocol. They did, yeah. They didn't know if what we were under yeah. attack, and so the guys there were like, you know, burn it all, yeah, take they, it, take it out. They had no idea. And Maybe nine eleven was the first wave of a thirty day attack. Exactly. You don't know that. Exactly. So he was in the building, helped evacuate it, and he <sighs> said, and, and then they gave the command. They pulled the building. Jeez. So I. Yeah, I think what they did was after the 2003 or after the 1993 attack, the Ramzi bin uh, Ramzi Yusuf yeah. attack, uh, where they bombed the building but it didn't go down. I think they they put Beefed demolition up. explosives Beefed, in. Yeah. No, I think they put demolition oh. explosives in for this purpose. In the event of, they needed the ability to pull these buildings to to implode them on their own footprint, uh, so that they don't topple. So that they don't topple. And so I think that's what happened is after the 1993 attack, I think both one and two World Trade Center and were outfitted. Seven, yeah. So that and maybe the they pulled them on 9 11. They're like, they're, they're already oh, going I'm sure, down. I'm certain they did. I'm certain that they did. And you can't obviously come on ever the way say they, that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the way they come down, bop, bop, yeah. bop, you know, come on. It's, it looks like a controlled. Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. But. Now, what are you going to do? I mean, yeah. It, You're going to let, let it take out the entire uh, yeah, world financial yeah, somebody has to make, street? Somebody has to make that. That's the idea of shooting down a, of a hijacked plane. If it crashes, exactly. they're dead, and everyone at the destination's dead. If you exactly. shoot it down, they're exactly. all dead. Someone has to make that and, cold calculus. And we won't be told no, the truth. You'll never be told. That's the point of this show. right? The point yeah. of this show is... You're not going to get told. They're not going to tell you the truth. You should read. That's not what they do. You should read or listen to probably my favorite audiobook, my favorite book by Garrett Graff. Yeah. It's called Raven Rocket, and it's just about continuity okay. of government. Obviously, that's the name of one of the bunkers. It's not necessarily about that, but it's about continuity of government and uh, continuity of operations. Ben, you'll walk away from that realizing how, how cold how cold and calculated cool. the, the entire cool. thing is, is like, yeah, no, man, they're, you, they'll leave you to the coyote. It's like, they're, it's not Absolutely. only will they, not only will they, that's actually like factored in of how can we use that to our benefit? Like, and that's how Laura Ingram was freaking out over this. She's uh, like, how, how does he not tell me I'm giving him a, and he doesn't tell me she well, was, there's, there's examples was, of, there's examples it. of that stuff in the, in the book. Of uh, I'll have to get it. Of uh, send me send me the title in the shoot yeah, me an email or yeah, DM well, uh, Twitter. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pick up. I'll pick we'll, it up. We'll finish it cool. with this. Uh, Bill Clinton's, I guess, press secretary, would later worked on on uh, one of the 
I don't know, 24 or West Wing or Homeland. What's one of the series and uh, about mm-hmm. how during the evacuation they had these like little gold cards so you could get on Marine One or something. And she was saying mm-hmm. on the set of the show, she goes, this isn't that realistic. Trust me, I was in the White House. And then there's someone higher up from that White House who goes, no, this is actually exactly how it works. And she goes, they never told me. And they go, you weren't deemed necessary. And she right, she had right. this problem. She goes, I was so close to Bill. <laughs> and it's they will man they'll burn y'all they'll burn that's you it. all yeah dude it's that's... it's cold i'll email it to you uh but yeah we gotta we gotta wrap this one up uh john thank you so great. much for having me back yes sir. i really appreciate that again uh, yes sir let's schedule let's schedule another one man that was uh th- these are good i'm, I'm liking these Th- thank you so much we'll for your have time, to do dude. one on the vegas shooting let's do it let's, let's do the vegas shooting let, we want to do that one next yeah let's do vegas shooting yeah um yeah. yeah i'll email you i'll email you that book we'll get we'll get it in the calendar and um but i gotta wrap this one up i gotta jump on our call dude thank you so much sure. for your time guys please go in the description please go follow him on youtube on rumble please go follow his twitter and uh till next time brother thank you so much guys Thanks, much love. recording stop bless everybody stay safe peace